I'm going to catch you off guard. Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And today is September 9th, or at least the time of recording. Daniel, how the fuck are you? Doing really well. Amazing, you could say. Spectacular, even. Sensational? <laughs> oh, I'm so sensational Perhaps, right now. Maybe even superior? Ooh. That's the ultimate thing you could ever say to me. Help me out. There's more series here. Uh, what's the one about that one Spider-Man in Austin who kills people? His clone? Uh, Kane? Kane? Okay. Spider-Fans, help me out. <laughs> the Doppel Spider? This became a deep-cut Spider-Man lore podcast. Bust open wiki. <laughs> We're gonna go for a journey. You're looking pretty Spider-Man noir right now with that fucking little... Am I looking noir? Ooh, like, am I doing the like swoosh? You. You're doing the swoosh. Yo, once again, somebody like in the wild of packs fucking said like has anyone ever told you you look like clerk kent and i gotta tell you i didn't mean to break that poor kid's jaw but it just can't you know how you just react and you just knock a dude out (laughs) nobody nobody was hard to pack i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) uh sorry save roommates i know we dodged a week there but i was sick with the pax pox uh and there's something else there's another reason i think i ate too many chicken fingers on the day that we were like maybe we should record and it was like nah came home and you're looking pretty gouty (laughs) <laughs> looking severely gouty. Yeah, so that was cool uh i had the intention that we would have like more more of a topic around packs but honestly like i don't know how long we can talk about the experience of waiting in lines is i mean we can have an entire podcast of us going to disney world and just talking about the different kinds of lines yeah. what we did in lines as well honestly that and it would be the same as packs 70 percent of your disney going or con going experience just anything yeah any people going? There were so many people there, my dude. So how was PAX? Yo, there were so many gamers. You, <laughs> like you could not walk four paces without running into one of these gamers. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I, I was getting fucking elbowed. I was getting shoulder checked. Uh, one person straight up like slapped me in the sternum. <laughs> like yeah. to stop you? Or? Right around the Devolver Digital booth. Slapped uh, me in the sternum. It would happen there. It was serious shit. Was it your friend Pedro? <laughs> he was not my friend much. <laughs> um i got to play some games um there I, let me talk about a few of the games that i got to play uh sure. speaking of devolver digital uh i don't know if i'm saying this right gris Ooh. i think it should be pronounced gris 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 because that's how the game comes off it comes out like a gris Ugh. yeah so that game looks spectacular i yeah. watched the demo for quite some time because uh, I was waiting in line and then trying to go back to the Capcom booth to get a place in that line, which the line was perpetually capped. Mm-hmm. Capcom. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And uh, it is a non-violent platformer. It was, honestly, it looked like if Journey were a side-scroller. Yeah. Um, but the art style kind of remind me of, like, fashion sketches. Mm-hmm. But come to life. I'm sure there's a more specific, like, I don't have a head for art to be able to, like, <laughs> That's true. call out the style that it is. But it, it looks beautiful. It feels very, like, fantastical and kind of like a painting. Right. Uh, but, they like, it's kind of, like, described as, like, a 2D art platformer, almost. Really is. Yeah. And very simple, like, traversal and problem solving and whatnot. And mm-hmm. it just, it looks like one of those games that you might be able to beat in the afternoon. But it's going to be a pretty special afternoon. Choose a rainy day. Apparently it's coming out in December, but we don't have an exact date on it. On the Switch. On the Switch. Like, I'm so excited to play this game on the Switch. It's the, It looks like the perfect on-the-go game. It really, really does. Uh, Nomada Studios, I think they're called. First game. You, you can, This is the first time hearing of it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was Gearbox. Uh, <laughs> I played... Um, okay, so 
As I mentioned, there's a bunch of lines for fucking everything, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to play a lot, including things like Kingdom Hearts, which was perpetually capped by, you know, the anime nerds. <laughs> of which there are They came lots. out in droves. <laughs> no knock against you, I'm just saying yeah. that's what he is. <laughs> and then I played something called Bless Unleashed, and I kept on making a joke the entire time. I was like, oh, the sequel to Bless. And I thought it was so funny, because, like, I only make jokes to really make myself laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And... You have to be your best critic and audience. T- it turns out it is a re-release of a game called Bless Online, so I, w- I was, like, you know, <laughs> right on a technicality. <laughs> I got to play that because apparently everyone was talking about how they gave, like, a randomized uh, prize, whether it be a weird hat or a deck of playing cards or a shirt, which I won okay. from playing the demo. Apparently it's a free MMO that's coming out to you. It's being re-released on Xbox One. Okay. Um, I... I cannot give it any recommendation whatsoever. <laughs> what does it play like? Um, I don't boring. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> actually, when we walked by, we we're like, that kind of looks like Monster Hunter. Then again, this year there's literally 14 games that we walked past that looked like Monster Hunter. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah. How's see, the Pray for the Gods line? See where the inspiration's coming from. Pray for the Gods. Yeah. Um, could not get near it. <laughs> well, first of all, they weren't even on the main floor. They were on the sixth floor, and. I think it might have been a... Okay, so they put a lot of the indie games up there, but I think it might have been a bad place for it because it was such a congested little aisle. I think one of the other booths was given given out with some free shit. Sometimes it'd be like, it's 3 p.m., we're going to throw a fucking a tower at you. <laughs> and the gamers, they fucking line up. They smell it like blood it. in the water. Yeah. <laughs> they just gravitate towards it. God. But, um, I, so I didn't get to play that, unfortunately. I got to play Spider-Man, yeah. which... We're going to talk about. Whatever, because I've played a lot more of it now yeah. that it's out and I own it, but we'll, we'll fucking get into it. Well, that. we were originally going to record this episode like a week ago. Yeah. That was going to be a bigger deal. It was going to be a much bigger deal. But okay, tell me though, when you played it though, what were your initial takeaways from it? My just brief, brief, brief te- yeah. takeaways was that, oh my God, I look so deficient at the combat. I hope the guy at Sony's not laughing at me. Yeah. Uh, was my first thought. Okay. <laughs> because it's kind of complicated to be like thrown into because the demo tries its best to like slowly like hey do this in order to like swing this way or do this to dodge and it's like you have 15 minutes to play this goddamn that's true that that combat works best when you have time to stack it and learn it but on a super super high level the web slinging felt naturalistic Hmm. felt right out of the gate second nature whereas the combat was like okay i need to yeah. Get some time to get used to learn that. it. But we got to move on. There's okay. more to this PAX experience, dude. The, the, here's the, the creme de la creme, the king of game demos that I wanted to play. Resident Evil 2, a Capcom joint. That line was capped every fucking day. And I circled every single day and saying hi to the guy holding the line cap sign. What was his name? Um, well, one of them was named Joe. Very nice man. Had a, has, a, has a constant smile on his face. <laughs> and Jovial. then there's another guy who was more of a son of a bitch. But I could, I could tell it was just the gamers that were eating at his soul. Kind of like Langoliers uh, eat at time as it goes <laughs> forward. Jesus. That is what happened to this man's soul because of gamers. Because you're looking a little bit like Stephen King right now, I gotta say. Because <laughs> the hair Get, get me my dude yeah. early morning saturday he was like oh just come back in 30 minutes early morning sunday my dude was like 30 minutes oh okay so 10 45 you should come at 30 minutes is how this cat was talking to me i was like okay and i wasn't I was having like, any of your shit but that is the reaction of a man that's had to say the same fucking statement <laughs> to hundreds of faces like he doesn't want to have to say it hundreds of times i i just want to give a shout out because i was there guys i was in your world i was working booths working conventions i know it's very difficult job and it is 
for no for lack of a better term, it stretches your soul thin. <laughs> I did it for two separate weekends and I could feel it. So sal- salute <laughs> salute to everyone that survived PAX. I think that's everything I gotta say about that. You're PAX. actually looking a little better these days. The PAX yeah. box is clearing up. I was so sick. Like, you, were, I, you were super congested even like yesterday. Okay, real shit. In the in the line to get into the Washington Convention Center, no less than four people coughed or sneezed on me. Mm-hmm. Not, I wasn't even inside the fucking building, Daniel. And these people were already spraying their insides <laughs> all over me. They're coming from all over the fucking world, dude. I also want to make a quick note, not to get super serious, but I did notice this year at PAX in Seattle... After the events of Jacksonville, there was no bag check, and there was no metal detectors. Pretty fucking bold. I heard after 11 a.m., you were able to just walk in without even a badge or anything. Like, security uh, was out loud. They, they check your badge, but there's such a huge influx of people. They have, like, basically people stationed outside of the main doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, like, escalators that go up. And they're just kind of like, make sure you have your ba- badges out. And they kind of, like, quickly look at that. Yeah. But I could literally probably walk in and... Flash a badge from, like, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> if they were the same color. But I'm yeah. sure they think about that every year. Make sure it's not the same color. Not the same placement of, like, information on a badge. Just to make sure motherfuckers aren't, like, running through. I- Lots of scalpers outside, by yeah. the way, too. Shit ton of scalpers. You should have just came. You could have gotten a fucking... Hell, the fake badge would have worked. <laughs> I had the thought to. I really wanted to go. I feel like we would have had a good time together. Yeah. But I, I don't want to disparage or anything. I know it was probably like, you know, a week after the fact. It was probably very difficult to try to scramble and make sure those uh, those things were in place. Metal detectors and whatnot. But I just wanted to point it out. Just so you know. I didn't. I don't see enough people kind of talking about that. I saw a few people tweeting about it. Oh, really? People mentioned that? Yeah. All right. Um, Because I remember them saying, hey, uh, going forward, since it did just happen the previous weekend, then we're going to make sure we have good security measures. And then to hear that, it's like, what? What? Come on, guys. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to come at anybody. I just, I'm just, I'm a reporter. I'm like Lois Lane out there. I'm coming back to you, Soups. You beautiful. I'm just the facts. And I'm just going like, here's these fucking facts. Yeah. They're delicious. One last thing about PAX, by the way. Mm -hmm. I read a delicious article. This is going to be the shout-out article of the week. Oh, my God. He read this to me on the edge of my bed last <laughs> night, and it was, like, the most... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can we just leave it at, like, a, oh, I, I told you about it? <laughs> no. Why did you make it seem like you were just nude in bed? <laughs> I'm painting a picture like Griswood. <laughs> I'm sitting on the edge of it by candlelight reading to you Waypoint articles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. It's your thing. It's your niche. I know. It's my yeah. niche. I practice reading. I'm sorry. I like my reading voice. I, I do, too. It's beautiful. But it's by Mr. Patrick Klebeck. The name of the article is Sit Down, Have a Drink, Let Me Tell You About My Time with The Quiet Man. Now, The Quiet Man is a game. Um, this, By the way, that, that's on Waypoint. Check them out. Uh, the Quiet Man is a game that Square Enix is publishing yep. that apparently intermixes um, FMVs, like live, live action videos with gameplay. And it's kind of like... It looks like the bouncer if it met fucking uh, what's that one game called Death Trap or the Parent Trap? No, what are the the one where it's like full motion video all the way through? They actually re released it. I don't know what you're talking about. Night Trap. Night Trap. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Night Trap. So it's it's a weird mix, but he for some reason walked up at at a otherwise incredibly busy line. By the way, the aforementioned anime nerds waiting for Kingdom Hearts. Yep, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And saw this game with, like, barely anybody there, walked up, started playing this demo, 
and was like, it's probably like 15 minutes, because that's what they got to do. Every demo is 15 minutes. I only got fucking 15 minutes with Re Resident Evil 2. Oh, we skipped talking about that. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we can hit it after, just so we'll come back uh, to it. We'll come back to it. It's yeah. Quiet Man. I'm, we're already on this journey. Yeah. So, the Quiet Man, he thought it would be 15 minutes, but he was like, ah, let me just stay, play a little bit more. 20 minutes go by. 30 minutes go by. 40 minutes go by. He ends up playing this fucking, uh, quote-unquote, demo <laughs> for over an hour. Nobody else was there, like, in the demo space, right? It was just him. Nobody was paying attention, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And at a certain point in this article, he pops a trophy. <laughs> and it strikes him that this isn't a demo. This is the entire game on the show floor. Why? Why would that be? Somebody else noticed at that point that, oh my god, this dude's been playing for so long that he popped a fucking trophy and told him to get away, and apparently they made it way stricter, like, how much time people could play this demo, like, subsequently. But he said this game is, should not exist. It's a game that should not exist. It's bad, first of all. <laughs> Nothing about it's good. It's, it, it takes itself seriously. There's no, like, level of cheese that is intentional <laughs> to this fucking game about uh, a pretty boy model that's just randomly beating up We watched assholes. it. We watched the trailer yeah. for it. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. It is an enigma. And I so want to play it because the point that he made where games are really great, better than they have been. Every AAA game coming out, even you can you can level whatever disappointments that you want at it, but they're primarily good. Nothing comes out broken terrible anymore. Or if it does, we, we take quick notice. And then this game is slipping through the stream. This this degrade. So quietly. <laughs> so quietly. I want to play it. <laughs> I do too. I want to play it so bad. I just love the fact that like most of the dialogue mm -hmm. and sound is very muffled because he is deaf. So we're watching this trailer and like we're like, what's happening? <laughs> like they're mouthing at each other. Yeah. So please check out his article it's just great. to get an understanding of it. Let's circle back because that's what good podcasters do mm -hmm. they circle back to a thing they already talked about to your time with resident evil 2 resident evil 2 or finally got into that line thank you joe because i walked up and i was like hey um i've been kind of like walking around like 14 times and it's been like this every every time do, do you think there's a chance today like i never asked like hey can you get me to the line mm -hmm. no i was just like uh what's it like i i try to be very um i don't know i don't want to put upon people i don't know yeah you don't want to impose yourself like that. Especially, you don't know. Especially not for a fucking video game, but like I'm yeah. thinking internally, RE2 is life. <laughs> but externally, I just got to be like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe tomorrow I'll get to play it. But I'm dying on the inside, <laughs> is the truth. But he finally got me in line. He's like, oh, I don't like to hear that. He's like, that sucks that you're walking around 14 times. Come on, get on in there with that big old Joe smile of his. And I was like, thank you, man. You truly are beautiful Joe. <laughs> <But> <laughs> and I ended up waiting for two and a half fucking hours <laughs> in that goddamn line in front of this mock RPD that they smacked in the middle of a Seattle Convention Center. <laughs> and I finally got to play it, and it was way too brief for me to give you any sort of impression, and the demo was way too dark for me to really see anything. I was at the one TV where, like, the doors to walk in were directly behind me, so light was, like, shining forth on my screen, so oh, I was wow. just kind of, like, squinting. You're seeing shapes of people walking. Yeah, it sucked. Damn. Um... But what I played, though, felt really good. The Which section details was it? really good. Oh, um, you played as Leon walking into the RPD. Okay. Uh, so you first have your interactions with Martin uh, Bravna, I believe his name is, the cop that's injured there. Uh, you walk around into the uh, eastern part of the building where it's super shit fucked. And that's when you first encounter zombies. And they are hard, my boy. Really? There's no, like, 
mm, you have to be very practiced with your shots and it's easy to feel overwhelmed because when they show up they're fucking an inch away from you like you're fucked <laughs> you know very claustrophobic hallways how comparable to like resident evil 7 biohazard would you say um i would say comparable as far as the visual fidelity goes but okay. as far as the play style no it's way different it's, it feels different just okay. by the virtue that it's uh, third person already yes. it feels very different um but it was super super cool it's just the oh the sound design too when you're walking through an area that you can't quite see but definitely know is covered in sticky blood yeah like you could hear that like when you're walking Ro- forward, it's rooms so in Resident weird. Evil, they like breathe in the dark. Yo, it is. Oh, there's so much decayed life. Although it makes me think about shit. It's like the outbreak only happened for like a week at that point. How come? How come that police station went from like zero to Cronenberg overnight? Like I mean, everything's covered in blood and shit and piss. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes grim dark seriously fast. I guess you don't know the decay rate of the T-Virus. <laughs> T-Virus is shit fuck, dude. Yeah, dude. But I loved what I played, but it was way too brief. I honestly spent more time looking at the environment rather than getting into the action. And mm-hmm. then suddenly it was just like, okay, your 15 minutes is up. Fuck you. Damn. And then I got a free shirt. <laughs> it was great. I saw it. It's a good shirt. But hopefully I'll have more impressions for you when the fucking game comes out. Or if they release a demo. Yeah. Well, that would be so good. But they don't need to. People are, just from the response I saw at PAX, people are hard for this game yeah hungry for this game ravenous for this game the people waiting in line for fucking like one of the days somebody told me they were waiting three and a half hours in that stupid line oh my god could you imagine paying fucking that much money to go there to be like i'm gonna sit down and wait (laughs) that's why they invented the switch that's true (laughs) for me there are a few games uh that i've seen be released in the past that i could wait in line like that for Breath of the Wild, I probably would have waited in line for. There's another game that I played, um, but we'll actually talk about that later, because we're talking about the studio that's uh, putting it out uh, in one of our news hits. So, that's me. I'm shushing you. I don't want to say it. No, don't say the name of it. Okay. It's Dark Side of 3. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much hate. Sir, we did something. We did something the other night. We decided to be near middle-aged men that waited at a launch release thing in front of a GameStop. At two separate GameStops, might I add. The well, Save yeah. Room Boys. Because I got my pre-order in the city that I separated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you pre-ordered near your job. And honestly, I wasn't even sure that I was going to be able to pre-order and pick it up that night because I thought it was closing that mm-hmm. Thursday. But then I was like, no, I get out at five. Fuck yeah, I'm just going to stay in Auburn. Then I'm going to go. And, and I picked up my pre-order and it was, I don't know, it was this experience I haven't felt since... Uh, well, since we went with you to get Far Cry Five, I don't remember March, doing that. We did that. It was. It was. I a can't weird, believe we did that. It was a weird, weird time. That is not a game that I feel like I would ever wait at a release for. You did it. I did it though, huh? Dark times for gaming, I guess. It might have been because it was coming out at like nine. Probably. That's a, that's a benefit we get on the West Coast that we I'm not used to on the East Coast because yeah. you definitely have to wait until midnight on the East Coast. But out here they're like, eh, it's nine o'clock. Fuck it, because it already released. That's true. Yeah. On the East Coast at midnight. But we picked up Spider-Man. We did. I picked up the Spider-Man console. The PS4 Pro. The Red Boy. That Red Boy. Red, that, red is the devil's dick. It looks like pornographic and not <laughs> suitable for work, and I love it. But it's, it, it's a big one, too. It's, it is very big. Remember that double stuff layer of computation we talked about probably in our first episode back in the day? <laughs> this yeah. used to be, what, the yeah. Neo? Yeah, yeah, when it was called the PlayStation Neo or whatever the fuck. And then they, they released it, and we were just like, um... So what's different? <laughs> you got this boy. I got this and bad boy. How does it run, my dude? 
quietly. Really? I should say, first of all. Okay. Because my launch day PS4 was starting to sound like a fucking Boeing taking off. <laughs> Every time, like when I was playing God of War, I swear to God, you could melt like fucking uh, ice cream behind the PlayStation. <laughs> like within 30 seconds. Melt flat. steel beams even? Yeah, me- melt steel beams. Oh, oh are you shit. trying to get conspiracy theories? <laughs> no, it's just superhero talk. PlayStations can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Shuhei, what are you hiding? <laughs> What's the truth? Um, so, the another game came out that night. It was NBA 2K19. I'll save you it. <laughs> because apparently it was a sweet dunks holiday. Because when I went to go actually do my pre-order uh, the day before, mm-hmm. I put down my $5 as you do. That's all you need to for the, the game. And then when I went back, he's like, oh, what are you picking up? In case up? you don't know how pre-orders work, audience. <laughs> and he was like, what are you picking up? NBA 2K19 uh, or Spider-Man? I was like, Spider-Man. And then there was that moment that I realized and remembered in all my nightmare time of working at GameStop <laughs> that sometimes games dual launch with sports games, annual sports games. And Spidey with the sweet dunks. He got the sweet dunks dunked on him. He got dunked on so hard because I think 60% of the people at that GameStop were there for that game. Okay, listen. And you could tell. Listen, for me, it's like it was a very similar experience at my separate GameStop mm-hmm. that I was picking up my game at, uh, despite the fact that we live together, Daniel. What the fuck? Listen. <laughs> this, is, this is like an organizational nightmare in my head. But I feel like it was the same averages because... Okay, it's fine that you're there to pick up a sports game, whatever, I'm doing my own thing. You know, I feel like this is, the gamerdom means we can co-mingle and be fine. Sure. But there was this dude. (laughs) He was loud about it. In front of me, who asked another dude, who was also in front of me, hey, what you picking up? And the guy responded, uh, like, oh, well, I'm picking up uh, 2K. And he's like, yeah, all right, yeah, me too. And then the first guy goes, but I'm also picking up Spider-Man. And the guy goes like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, offended even like offended he was like what the fuck is that you gotta keep it 100 what the fuck is this you can't keep it 100 you gotta keep it 100 you're diluting your brand and playing spider-man is not keeping it 100 dude (laughs) i completely disagree with you sir antonio whatever your name might have been i do agree that it's probably for anybody that doesn't give a shit about spider-man or like does give a shit about gaming and just doesn't care about superhero stuff right now your timeline your facebook is hell Straight up hell. Everyone's talking about the Spider-Man. That's true. You're getting spider-bombed everywhere. And everyone's fucking posting their pictures of their Spider-Man. They're loving it. I'm doing it too. I can't stop doing it. It's... I'm addicted to it. It's a great cultural phenomenon that's happening right now. We were talking about it earlier. You know what... What does it remind you of? The photo mode in these games. (sighs) Okay. I, I do love that this photo mode actually launched with it, not post. Yeah. Like maybe like a week or a month after. I'm glad that everybody's experiencing that same fucking photography zeitgeist we're all part of it um but it reminds me of playing pokemon snap as a kid just finding like these perfect angles and apertures and ways to take pictures of pokemon staging things uh the photo mode gives you a freedom though because you can kind of just snap it at any point and you can fuck with the field of view and all this but like just capturing my spider photos like i am a peter parker himself it reminds me of playing uh pokemon snap and showing those photos to my aunt and going crazy over me like look at what i did like, so I'm the, proud to share it. Spider-Man in particular reminded me that as a kid, I wanted to be like a photographer or at least like have that be a part of my repertoire because I also wanted to be a movie director. Yeah. So I was like, I have to have an eye is what I told myself. So I had this little fucking uh, shithouse camera that my mom bought me and I would make my parents take me to 
Eckerd's, which oh, okay. later became CVS on the East Coast. I would take them that go to Eckerd's to get all of my rolls of film developed, which was costly and stupid because mostly what I was taking pictures of was close-ups of my Gundams, <laughs> <laughs> like the little Gundams I would build in super artsy shots and shit. You're or, super proud. Or, or I used to actually have a. I shit you not, my dude. I used to have a Steve Irwin action figure, and I would Clarky. have. Crikey, right? <laughs> Crikey, mate. And I would have him wrestle all of my Jurassic Park dinosaur toys, and I would take pictures of that. That sounds fucking the, sensational. The lost expedition of his. Or I would do shit, and I would <laughs> actually have Spider-Man toys. I used to have this favorite Spider-2099, I'm sorry, uh, Spider-Man 2099 toy. Yeah. He even came with, like, the web cape, and he was, like, a little boy, too. He's a tiny I want to hear your best Steve Irwin in Spider-Man 2099 crossover. I don't know if it happened. Because <laughs> okay, I was very, like, there needs to be a theme. Animals, Steve Irwin. <laughs> Doesn't matter prehistoric animals or not, but True. the theme needs to be maintained. I was a director, sir. Okay, fair. <laughs> But I would I would put my Spider-Man toys and like find a way to tape them onto a ceiling to take <laughs> <laughs> take snapshots. <laughs> so photo mode has been an absolute joy for me. <laughs> Because I've been doing the stupidest shit, dude. I remade. You're having so much fun. I remade Rob Rob Zombie's Halloween too. Because <laughs> I that stupid costume party. I was just taking the craziest uh, photos of like dudes wearing skeleton masks and like webbing them up and shit. Some of them are downright haunting. Some remind me of Donnie Darko, but I love it. I love it so much, dog. All right, but we we I don't want to get stuck into a rabbit. We're hole gonna there. save it because yep. while initially this episode was supposed to be about packs, uh, we had to roll it into the the soft news because well, other things happen. Spider Man happened, so this is gonna be our Spider Man. So much happened. Our Spider Man's impression uh, episode, mm-hmm. not a spoiler review cast like we do. We'll probably do one separately, right? We absolutely will do okay. the Save Room reviews. Marvel Spider Man PS4. I'm excited for that, but we're gonna do some just soft impressions, not too much story stuff, and just how much we love it so far. How much do I love you, though? Enough. (laughs) Can we talk about a game that uh, Mm. we did play and we had a lot of fun with? We've been playing a little ditty called Donut County by Ben Esposito. (laughs) Just by Ben Esposito. Just just him. Just him. Nobody else. There's only one other person that contributed to it, really. Nah, well, when I looked through, there was a few people. There there were quite a few. You have to go through this whole credit sequence where you fucking fly through their names. It's great. I love it. Um, You kind of got me hard into this because they were talking about on what kind of funny games daily. They were going on and on about it. And Ben Esposito was actually on an episode of uh, Games Daily with Greg. He was. So, uh... It's a it's a quirky fucking game. It's it's a cool little indie game. Um, it's got neat ass music, chill wave kind of bopping video gamey music yeah. that really fits everything that's going on. Um, what 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 drew you to this game in particular? I literally just sat on your floor, ate Taco Bell, and watched you played it. And I think I <laughs> fell in love with an almost immediately magical attraction, like I did to. Like a game like Katamari. Well, which is an inspiration. I just, I felt so entranced by what I was watching. I was like, this is really chill. Like, because it gives you a simple, I don't even think it explains to you at first. You're just in the the air, you're just a little hole, and then you just start dropping things in it, and then the game kind of whisks you away, and then there's a a softball narrative with it that just carries on to level to level. And I was watching this, I was like, there's something really rad here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is dope. All right, so the super simple byline is that you control a hole in the ground and you kind of place yourself 
underneath objects in the environment and the more objects you drop into yourself the bigger your hole becomes mm -hmm. and it's kind of a uh, a puzzle game because you have to figure out ways to get more things into you or do things like set a trailer on fire because yeah. <laughs> you need to in order to progress yep. or or maybe get drop fire into your hole so you can like burn out some other shit it's it's such an interesting game apparently it was originally concepted during a uh, game jam that was based on peeler uh, peter Molyneux tweets which is the fake peter molyneux who's a famous oh, game designer okay. and so he would just have these stupid tweets like apparently one of them involved a game where you play as a whole <laughs> and somebody actually made it but this ben esposito, esposito was working on this game simultaneously while he uh, developed the unfinished swan okay yeah well not by himself he yeah. just worked on that game but uh give me give me a mini review dude give me a tiny review Give me a microcosm review. The score doesn't matter. Just give me the content. On a pure joy level, it, it knocks it out of the park. My serotonin is flying when I play this game. Oh my god, what? Because it reminds me right. Because it <laughs> reminds me of when I play Katamari, which is a very therapeutic experience to me. Ah, okay. The the process of having a tiny hole, finding things that are tiny enough to drop into it to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, there's such satisfaction in that tiny gameplay loop. You're not really doing anything. You're just kind of moving one joystick and dropping things in It does home. kind of speak to the organizational freaks out there. It does. Like, there's something just... Such as myself. ...minutely satisfying about it, and, like, the, the gameplay isn't overly complicated. Maybe mm -hmm. once in a while, like you said, there will be a puzzle that makes you think just a little bit. Um, <laughs> there, not too tough. There's one where you have to kind of lure a rabbit through a pen and to get out of it so it could find another rabbit and mate and make a huge hole and then find more rabbits and you're filling this fucking... Because these rabbits are fucking inside of that hole. Spoilers. It's bursting with bunnies. Bursting with bunnies. But... <sighs> it's a charming, quirky little game. It is digestible in one sitting and I wish... I wish there was more to it, which is a testament to how neat it is as a game. But I do wish there was some sort of like, you know, a mode where we can continue on with the mechanics of the game because it's actually structured as a story. Mm -hmm. The levels are interspersed between story bits that tell an overarching, silly, goofy, stupid story about a raccoon that is terrorizing a town with holes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're all living in the, what, the 999 below or something? Uh, yeah, below Donut County yeah. itself because so. everything got... The whole town got destroyed by holes. And as you talk Your to holes. the different denizens, you you play their scenarios and what happened with BK. It's it's cool. It's a fun little ditty. But like, I think with all what there are twenty five or thirty levels. Like there there are quite a number of levels that you can play with. But there's no replay value really. Like they're kind of no. one and done. Um, you, I got you can go back and like try to clean up the trophies. Yeah, because the platinum list is kind of super yeah. They easy. they make you do some like extra things, but it really isn't too complicated yeah. beyond move your hole underneath something and then you'll be done. Because Katamari had like those additional like okay now do it faster. Mm -hmm. You gotta get the fastest star, mm -hmm. the fattest one in the shortest amount of time. And this is the, maybe the replay value like I experience is like you kind of just show it to other people. Yeah, like and there's joy in that again. And you're like here play this and like what is this just don't, don't so, ask questions just donut do county save room can absolutely guarantee a good afternoon with it i'd take a bite out of it if i were you oh jesus h christ <laughs> i have some other things that i didn't want to write out more than that than than what i did for them so here they come the Daniel. save room quick hits the save room quick hits Hit we, we call it quick hits behind the scenes but now we're actually uh lifting our podcasting skirt to the audience and letting you know that that's how we write them. We're going full frontal on the save room. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Onimusha's back, bro. 
Amamusha Warlord is coming to the Xbox One and the PS4 and the PC and the Nintendo Switch on January 15th, 2019. Where I never thought I'd get an Amamusha. It's only going to be 20 bucks. That's kind of a steal of a value. It's a hell of a steal of a value. Yeah. Now, I never thought it would happen. And I'm very glad it happens. And if any of you out there want something more in-depth with the franchise, for instance, maybe a reboot or even a full-fledged sequel, you're going to have to buy this fucking game. Yeah, because I think this is Capcom testing the waters of being like, okay, is there viability for this franchise? Uh Should we bring it back? Is it worth our dollar? Because I I feel like for them, they're hearing it anecdotally that fans want it to come back, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what those numbers look like. And and the numbers matter because they got to show their uh, stakeholders and their investors, yo, we're doing this because of this. That's that's entirely the situation. So the easiest way they can do, we already have this game. It's already made. Warlords was actually the edition that came out on Xbox. So the original game, PS2, Warlords is like a bolstered version. Mm-hmm. I think it was called um, Gen- Genma Animusha on oh, Xbox wow. or something. Yeah, so all the extra shit. So this is cool because it's cross-plat. Yeah. It's going to have... I think it's going to probably sell very nicely. But what do you think they need to sell unit-wise to actually like have an impact? Uh, at least a million. You think a million? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Which, I mean, how... It's not impossible. This is a franchise that has sold that beforehand mm-hmm. when it was still, you know, the pulse was a beaten. That's true. But uh, they're making a few foundational changes to it, much like they did with the remastering of the Resident Evil remake. They're giving uh, the the analog stick control uh, scheme a, a good old try. So okay. it's not just the tank controls, which are Resident Evil fame. So I think that is a barrier of entry for modern day fans. And Capcom's like, okay, at least keep it in there, but it is not the default. We need people to get in and be like, oh shit, there's something to this Onimusha thing without being scared off from fucking tank controls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's just the real shit matter of it. That's and true. I totally support that. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? People get kept behind it with Resident Evil, because that's what kind of defined the genre. But Onimusha is <sighs> like kind of a hard pass. I actually would say no, people can't get behind it. Really? Even people that enjoy Resident Evil bitch about the tank controls to this day. I think they're fine. I, I think they're fine too. Yeah. I'm fine with them. We're both fine. They got better. But we also host a podcast called The Save Room. We're a little biased. We're a little biased. But Capcom does not endorse us. Your, your casual gamer mm-hmm. does not like the tank controls. Okay. And they need that speedy experience on the Switch when they grab it and play with the samurai slashing up the Oni. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you sell Onimusha. <laughs> you excited? I'm I'm kind of excited. I've oh, actually yeah, never played the Onimusha games. I've heard a lot of the buzz, and I knew Gene Reno was in the third one. He's I don't, probably not coming back for this I one. I don't think they're going to uh, re-release um, the third one because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there some dispute over like the rights and music? They found that like a good amount of the music in the Onimusha series had been like plagiarized. That is correct, Daniel. <laughs> they found out that some of the uh, tracks that were composed originally... Uh, were apparently lifted from other composers, and the music in this game is changed in order to make it releasable. <laughs> That's crazy. So I'm still amazed. It's only like twenty bucks. I think they could easily go for the thirty dollar mark and try to like you know make an argument for that. But mm-hmm. I think they know what's on their hands. It's going to be more port than remaster. They're doing some shit to it, obviously. But it's still going to be the... Oh, shit. I slapped your PlayStation. Listen, I know you're in the fucking Pro Leagues now, but you don't have to beat on this. This is your history. This is where you came from. Know yourself. Be greater. I'm sorry, PlayStation. So we had another thing occur in the week. There was supposed to be a Nintendo Direct that uh, occurred. 
by time of rec- by time of listen, not time of recording, you guys, that's going to be last week to you. And an earthquake in Japan uh, delayed it. Nintendo made the choice to delay it. Uh, that's always a shitty scenario that totally, totally is not oh, what you expect, but you don't always expect nature. There I think are... the majority of places at this point have been retor- reported to have power back. Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. There are some, uh, we'll call them uh, shitty fucking people that are still bitching about the fact that Nintendo delayed a direct because, I don't know, a real life event that affected people occurred. And, well, they already promised to show us about Kirby and what. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's my message to you. Shut the fuck up. Nintendo is such an integral part of the Japanese community. Mm. Of course they're going to stop. They're going to put it on hold because they figure their community comes first. I would figure their lives. a lot would come first yeah. before that. But there's an interesting ripple effect that occurred. Uh, so a lot of third-party kind of announcements were supposed to happen during the Direct. And, well, the thing about companies that schedule stuff is that it's hard for them to, like, jump out of it or not do it, especially yeah. when it comes to social media. So we're seeing, like, weird kind of semi-announcements through, like, social media feeds about, like, games for the Switch. And we're like, what the fuck? Including Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition is coming to the that's Switch. Cool. That was, like, a sneak... Like, everyone's like, that's a sneak announcement. It's like, no, 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 it makes perfect sense. It was supposed to be at the Direct. I would actually get it on the Switch. Kind of, sort of, right? Yeah. How much of the game is it really? Is it really a one-for-one one of the game, or is it just, like, a really condensed version? I know somebody who's played it. It's I think it's at least, like, a 10 to 20 hour experience. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some <laughs> game there. I need my boys. Yeah. I need my boys again. Another one is that, uh, oh, hey, dads, it's time to rejoice. Civilization Six is coming to the Switch. <laughs> hey, you don't know what to get for dad, and is he kind of nerdy? <laughs> is your dad on the go? Does <laughs> so he want to take a Switch on the boat? <laughs> Do you remember all those days you you stayed up with dad playing Civilization and you were like, Dad, I'm really bored. <laughs> well, good news, everyone. So Civ 6 is coming out for your dad. I kind of wonder how the Joy-Con support for that is. <laughs> well, anything that... I don't Break know off a Joy-Con to start a Civil is. War. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I mean, that's pretty cool for anybody that likes... Well, I mean to say any dad out there that likes Civilization. That's true. Um, there are a lot of them. Also, and then a demo for Mega Man 11 just kind of snuck onto the eShop yeah, as well. Yeah, a free demo, right? Yeah, a free demo, which mm. you can check it out. Uh, looks pretty fucking rad. Dude, it's like somebody came... Like, somebody told John Capcom, was like, dude, you know what they call us behind your back? And he's like, what? What? The gamers love us. No, no, no man. John. John, after Mega Man Legends 3? Nah, dude, that's not what's <laughs> happening. They call us Crapcom. And he fucking just, like, couldn't sleep for a month straight. He crumbled like Sandman. And then he came up with a plan. He's like, all right, we're going to make Resident Evil good. We're going to bring Monster Hunter to the West. I'm tired of hearing motherfuckers cry. That's only Nintendo yeah. shit. Uh, we're going to come out with Mega Man again. Actually, Mega Man and support it. Sure, do a TV show. I don't care. And then <laughs> they, they really did. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, we're going to remake Resident Evil 2. They've been bitching at it for, for 20 years since the day released they're like i hope you remake this <laughs> <laughs> they're on an upswing dude that's true at tgs they're doing a fucking phoenix Wright uh panel they're gonna announce something I saw new that. for that phoenix Wright on switch Whew, you got me dude Musha. they're probably gonna fucking do dino crisis dun, dun. one of these days dude they're hearing oh. it they know buddy oh let's knock on some fucking wood let's go find a, the biggest tree we can because i want that so bad buddy like I, can, I feel like we're gonna get it. I can literally pop the plat on that game 
and just have a massive stroke and die. <laughs> and I will, I will have lived a full fucking life. I feel like even if he wanted to, you would just wipe your hard drive just to plat it again. <laughs> <laughs> Scrub my account, start a new account, <laughs> platinum Dino Crisis again. <laughs> no, they're on the episode. Capcom. I hate Here's you. to you. This episode's to you guys. Oh, what do you got? In Actually, here? I'm kidding. It isn't. You got a whole bunch of free boys on here for me. We got some free boys coming to you. Free PS Plus games for September. Some actually really crazy ones that I didn't expect to see. Like what? Destiny 2. What? A year out from its release. Yeah. That's crazy. I was expecting to see that maybe on like Xbox. And just in time for the Forsaken DLC. Which, which just launched dropped. Uh, last week. Yeah. yeah. People mm-hmm. are loving it, I hear. Yeah, I'm hearing that it did some good work. Um, I am so out of that ecosystem yeah. that even if you detail the changes, I'd be like, so what was it before? There's a lot happening right now. Um, and it's just murder to release your expansion right when Spider-Man's coming out. I'm sorry. Sorry, dog. Spidey's got it. Yeah. He, he took that cake. You say single player is a dead? Cake. I'm sorry. Mm. Destiny 2. What was that, that? That's kind of cool. Um, it's it just wild to me that that game's going free so soon. And I feel like... It's a good you, strategy, though. Do you think Bungie and Activision are taking that on the chin, though? Like, that's a loss. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody in that company had the fucking fight had to write a bunch of goddamn letters like dispersed to the company be like this is why this is a good idea please let's do this it's only a month <laughs> they know they need to retain players i started again seeing the weekly uh Zer finds like on polygon or Kotaku. and i was like i haven't seen these in like a year i mean look at you can buy the base game of destiny 2 for like 10 bucks yeah, it's pretty cheap. so now i'm just saying like it's probably not that much of a taking it on the chin they know people in order to play what destiny 2 is now they still have to engage with the dlc that's true which I'm exhausted from that back and forth. I think we kind of talked about it in the last episode. We the did. Li- live service games, it's like, I feel like these studios aren't understanding. It's like, I know you're trying to retain players indefinitely, but that is not the habits of most gamers. Mm. I think they may be looking at certain whales, much like the mobile uh, market does, that support a game's life well after its launch. So it's like they, they are eating up that content and talking about it still. But I feel like a majority of gamers kind of walk away from that shit and it's like they view it as a challenge of how do we get them back and forsaken's yeah. a great you know way to get somebody back i think because like they put a lot of work but i think that's gonna stop working over time i think even that you're gonna see like a lack of retention and a lack of players being re-onboarded sure. at a certain point because it's like hey it's tired it's the same old hat you're all doing the same thing well, you fucking make me buy the game tell me there's dlc coming i get bored oh here's a dlc pack i'm bored again month 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 oh here's a dlc pack i get bored and then the real last dlc that you've been cooking <laughs> yeah. for a year forsaken is the one that's supposed to be like no no no, no. now you're gonna this stay is the end all no it's not no. gonna be that way that's my Destiny rant. They saw how that went with the first one. And I think the only people that are like kind of screaming for Destiny still are those tryhard, well not tryhard, try hard. diehard Destiny fans who go. have been with the franchise from the start and are doing their weekly raids mm-hmm. and they have their friends and they're keeping it up with that way. And that's cool. Um, that's just not us because like there are a lot of uh, games of service types out there and it's not that we jump from one to the next, but we want to try it all. Um, and yeah. That's it, really. So, so I, I wanted to talk to you about this. The, here's the doomsday that's going to occur. Mm-hmm. Tell me, th- this is what one year is going to look like one day. Let's say it's 2022, and all of these games do well enough to merit sequels, which I'm sure their publishers are going to try to do like one more like ripcord and see if a franchise is still alive. Let's see. Okay. Like, so there's a year where 
a Division game comes out, an Anthem game comes out, a Destiny game comes out, a Call of Duty game comes out, which is starting to do the whole Battle Royale thing, mm-hmm. and then we have a Battlefield game come out. Do you start to see this picture of what's going on? Okay, it used to be where it's like, oh, it was really two franchises struggling for one part of the year. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's three. Now it's four. It's five. It's six. They're all doing the same thing, essentially. Like annualizing it in the same holiday patterns, the same release windows, competing amongst themselves. And they're all... themselves to death. They're all trying to chew that same mind share. Something is going to give... And things like Destiny 2 are going to be exactly what gives when they do the same thing with Destiny 3. It's like, okay, we had two two DLC packs that weren't like totally meaningful, but it kept like the diehards happy. Mm-hmm. And then here's a big one to try to draw people back in that fucking dropped us hard at launch. That, that procedure is not going to keep on working, my guys. No. Keep that in mind. It's true. And it's hard to exist, too, when they're free-to-play games. Like Fortnite is devouring the space right now. Yeah, Even still, yeah, they're in their season yeah. five. I don't, I don't get it, but that's yeah, cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Didn't mean to derail your, uh, your your free games, which is usually a happy time. Holy <laughs> shit, we were in the free games. You took me so far out of orbit. Thank I'm you, so sorry, dude. Six. God of War Three is also coming to PlayStation, which is pretty cool. Whoa! The remaster that came out on the PS3. I'll stop having opinions about stuff. So. I'm gonna download it, but that's about it. I'll just go. Whoa! After uh, everything you say. We- we got Knowledge is Power for PS4. Whoa! Another World 20th Anniversary for PS3, Whoa. PS4, and Vita. Uh, Here They Lie. You know that one? Wow. PSVR. Yeah, whatever. And that's about it. Uh, Xbox Games with Gold, a little less impressive. We got Prison Architect, all whoa. month of September. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. What do you mean, whoa? I don't, I don't know anything about it, so whoa. Oh, it's a, it's a smaller game. We talked about it before. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, for Honor. I feel like they already released that for free. Whoa. and then we got two games coming to xbox 360 lego star wars 3 the clone wars and sega vintage collection monster world things are coming out for the three okay they're still supporting that still still for gold i mean it's backwards compatible so you know they're gonna keep that ecosystem alive well well and that's the free game releases for (laughs) september (laughs) i love it all right we're 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 getting fat on time here dog sure we and we just got to the news (laughs) number one on here I've got some news Bioware fans are already seething over. Future Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles will be influenced by Anthem. The Bioware team, including lead producer Michael Gamble, spoke on how the upcoming space shooter is affecting their internal development. Gamble says Anthem does two things he wishes to see carried over to other Bioware games. The first being that instead of cordoning off additional story content into DLC packs, the team wants to continually write and release storylines post-launch, as it intends to do with Anthem's live service. There he goes again. <laughs> live service. Gamble said, quote, If you remember back to the ancient times where we released a game, and that would be the story for a set of characters. And we released DLC that enabled us to tell unique bits of story afterwards. For Anthem, where we'd like, uh, where we all like to see us head is the ability to tell new great stories throughout the years, throughout the months, after launch. End quote. That sounds like DLC, right? <laughs> but it's important to note that all future story expansions and content updates for Anthem will be entirely free. It makes, it makes one wonder which types of content are not free, doesn't it? The second gameplay aspect Bioware looks to keep from Anthem is the amount of focus being put on its hub world, Tarsus. Whereas the open world highlights loot-and-shoot gameplay familiar familiar to Destiny and Division players, Tarsus houses the more RPG-heavy components of Anthem, including its narrative. Gamble Gabs, quote, It's the primary place where we do the reactive storytelling. 
As a result, we've pushed Tarsus further than we've ever pushed any of our hubs before. It's a reactive space, a space that feels more living, more alive. And I think going forward with future Dragon Age games, or other games, that you're going to see that reactivity, that depth in our hubs that we're bringing out in Anthem, end quote. Uh, quick aside, this news piece was compiled from VG247's article, New Dragon Age, Mass Effect titles will be heavily influenced by Anthem, says Bioware, which is currently making the rounds on Twitter as fans bemoan Anthem's influence on new Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles. Well, Yeah. We kind of went into the live service uh, conversation. A little bit, a little bit. This is more granular and pointed towards uh, Anthem. Gamble, you don't have to give me your crazy elevator pitch. I'm already sold on Anthem. I'm excited for Mm -hmm. it. Um, And the idea that you're going to give us, like, drip-fed free storyline post-game, that's awesome. I do think there's still probably a window for them to do paid DLC, but it's probably going to be in a different fashion. Maybe Mm -hmm. expansions. Mm -hmm. Um, Much in the light of Destiny or other games like that, but... I think that's a good way to keep longevity with your game and keep players engaged with it. Um, yeah. I mean, mark my words, there will be another form of microtransaction that, that oh, we're going to see from this game. Yeah. Whether it be a loot box system championed by Blizzard right now, mm-hmm. or, hell, I can't even imagine it. That's up to that's up to EA to imagine a fucking new way to steal from our wallet so what's your pulse on uh anthem and Mm. particularly tarsus i mean we've got some already cool worlds a la mass effect like the citadel i'm still cautiously optimistic i believe is what uh the game journos like to say okay and i honestly feel that way um i was definitely burned by andromeda i i was uh, I actually didn't play it from I, how burned you were. I was pretty hyped on, you know, a next-gen Mass Effect or a current-gen Mass Effect, and I got something that ugh, didn't mesh together very well. So mm. I'm afraid for Anthem in that same regard, but I feel like they're very cognizant of their, uh, I, could, I guess you could say, their past mistakes. And I want... The things that I'm hearing are good. It sounds like a developer that really tries to understand what works for as many people as possible, but what's happening here is a schism. So what is considered a Bioware fan is based off of a choice-driven, RPG-heavy, primarily single-player type of game championed Mm. by Mass Effect and, more so to the point, Dragon Age. And that's not Anthem. And that's okay. I'm here to say that that is okay. They need to just kind of be let them do their thing. Let them do their fucking thing. I want to talk about people that are really into Bioware just for a second. Oh, no. Be careful. (laughs) Bioware likes their shipping and their ability to romance. And because Uh Anthem doesn't have it, I feel like they're going to be very up in arms about that. Well, that's kind of exactly it. And that's okay. It doesn't have something that they typically want from a Bioware game. But I don't think that means Bioware should only be making one type of yeah. game this is this don't is them. pigeonhole them because yeah. you want to see your shepherds have sex with all sorts of aliens and korgs and i think a lot of cynicism comes from the fact that they they look at this and see the live service bullshit come mm-hmm. their way and they're just like how much of this is bioware and how much of this is actually ea this is the type of game that ea definitely wants yeah something to fight against destiny something to fight against the divisions out there i get it i get it they're totally that but they also got Bioware on the job, and Bioware actually gives a shit about what they put out there, even if it's, you know, not always baked the way that it should be. It at least is always baked with love, even if I don't think it tastes very well. Hmm. Dragon Age, I don't like Dragon Age. <laughs> but that's okay. I Let Anthem be its own thing. I know it doesn't have the romance options. I know that sucks. 
But if this game is a success, that's a success for Bioware. And Bioware successes are successes for Bioware's fans. Well, Anthem does really well. They'll obviously do a sequel for Anthem, but then subsequently they will get better funding and assets to make a better (laughs) Mass Effect game for you guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Or at least mm -hmm. a better Dragon Age, you know? If you like Bioware, I feel like you should at least give the game a chance. And I'm going to, so. I'm going to. Yep. What else you got for me? More EA for you. Number two on the list. God, it's in the game. Yeah. I love you. EA has announced that Battlefield 5 has been delayed. Originally slated for October 19th, DICE's World War II set shooter has been pushed to November 20th, nearly a month delay. This means that Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which launches October 12th, is now the uncontested blockbuster shooter of the month. What's in it? I know, I know, there's a caveat in there. I did say shooter. (laughs) I did say shooter. I know, okay? I did say shooter. Follow me. What's interesting is that EA was has never shied away from releasing against Activision's breadwinner. It makes more sense that EA is backing down from the sales suck sure to be incurred by Red Dead Redemption 2, which is set for an October 26th release date. Good luck getting EA to admit that. Their official reason for the delay is to fine-tune the product based on player feedback. EA says fans have, quote, spurred us to make some meaningful improvements to the core gameplay experience, including adjusting the gameplay tempo, improving soldier visibility, and reducing player friction. What does that mean? (laughs) You'll see a lot of these reflected in our open beta that starts on September 6th. Oh, we fucked. We missed it. Damn. (laughs) They ended their statement by saying, quote, we know moving the launch date means that we all have to wait a little longer, but we're going to take our time to make sure we get it right. End quote. It ain't about getting it right. It's Red Dead. It's Red Dead. It's Red Dead, Red Dead, Red Dead. Yeah. It's going to eviscerate everything around it. Just see what GTA 5's been doing for years. If Tomb Raider... Years. If Tomb Raider dared to release in the October time frame, we will not see another iteration of Tomb Raider. We will never hear about Laura Croft. It'll be her last. I can absolutely promise you that. In fact, I'm nervous about it being in September against Spider-Man, but it's lucky that Spider-Man is an exclusive. That's true. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that that crossbat will definitely help out Battlefield. Like, God damn, man. Tomb Raider would be a perfect summer game, too. What's wrong with them? Anyway. Yeah, I don't know why they've always tackled, like, this fall release, but I guess they kind of want to get it out near the holidays, too. Now, this is something that we've kind of, like, pushed uh, developers to do, like, get shit out of the fall. Now, they didn't quite do that. They have a very specific purpose for doing this delay, which is to avoid Red Dead's sales suck. When does Fallout 76 come out? Fallout 76 comes out October, October something. Okay. Or I think actually I think it was like November 10th, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, I, I was looking it up and I couldn't find it, but let me see real quick. Okay. So I just, I mean, yeah, good for Battlefield. It's going to get some extra polish time. I think that's something that the dice uh, would be happy uh, to be have, have granted mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it at least lets your wallet recover a couple of weeks hopefully you get one more paycheck in between the release of all these other monolithic fucking games versus this game fallout 76 is november 14th oh jesus so, christ yeah okay so november it still has some shit still has some shit I got nothing more on the Battlefield front there for you. Um, I feel like Battlefield is kind of quietly sizzled to a murmur following all the stuff that happened like earlier mm. in the summer leading up to E3 and all that. Um, I did hear that the pre-orders are kind of soft. <sighs> That's a bummer because I feel like this probably would have been a really great game and I feel like people are just kind of staunchly against it for some stupid reason. I know why. People want to see it fail so hard. No, I know why, dude. Because mm. it, it doesn't make any sense. It's inaccurate. 
Follow me. It's inaccurate because we went from Battlefield 4, Mm -hmm. right? And then we went to Battlefield 1. Yeah, what are we, time travelers? And now we're Battlefield 5. I don't... What what are we doing? What kind of math is that? Is this Battlefield or Quantum Leap? Listen, it'd be enough to make me mad. That's true. There couldn't be another reason. There couldn't couldn't be another stupid, stupid, blatantly obvious reason. Okay, I got number three on this. (laughs) One of the hardest things to do when making open world games is keeping players engaged well after they snag that last collectible. Insomniac is aware of this and plan on supporting their highly anticipated Spider-Man game with a three-part DLC series called... The city never sleeps. Sensational. Ooh. The first act of this series is the heist, which includes new factions to web up and new suits to strut around town. This episode focuses on Spidey's longtime frenemy, Felicia Hardy, better known as Black Cat, who players will get to meet as soon as October 22nd. I put 22nd. Okay. <laughs> Weird. RD, huh? The following two episodes dubbed Turf Wars, which, uh, by the way, Sam Mags is working on. Shout used out to you, Sam Mags. Shout out to Sam Mags, working on Turf Wars. Used to be a Bioware writer. And Silver Lining. Drop in November and December, respectively. No details on those, though? None. Okay. Each episode is $9.99, but can be bought together in a $24.99 bundle. That's more than enough content to keep gamers' spider sense tingling. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you wanted, right? I give it to you, you bastard. On a much more serious note, Insomniac has not detailed their plans to reincorporate the game's missing puddles. Oh, we had to bring it up. All right, this dude wants to talk about puddle game. Dog, it made me laugh so hard. It's the funniest shit. People out here like Charlie Day conspiracy theorists. Pipe myself away, away. Where's the? Where's the? Eye? I see the puddles, Mac. I see the puddles. No, they're not there. <laughs> Like what? The puddles. <laughs> Tell me about puddle game. They can you can absolutely make this the best Spider-Man game ever, and there's gonna be like ten gamers out there that want to start a fucking boycott <laughs> because of puddles missing from an E3 trailer. Dude, that doesn't even make me mad. It makes me glad that this this world is so beautiful, and these little ephemeral moments sprout up and make me go. <laughs> there's such jackasses in the world. <laughs> it makes me guffaw. I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing. It's kind of stupid, to be honest. Kind of stupid? Like, people... It's a lot stupid. They're putting time in assets. They probably reallocated that puddle to something else. Maybe making Spidey's eyes look more alive. Maybe making sure your game runs at fucking 30 frames per second. Who knows? Listen, the studio did say that there is puddles elsewhere in the game and they never remove puddles they just move the puddles yeah. okay and that's how puddles work in the real world it's true some of them are there one day some of them they're not you know how sometimes it rains yep in the game weather cycles yeah that's where the puddles went that's where the puddles went cool sometimes it gets dry <laughs> also i got this dlc with the the spider-man pro edition. you did you got the whole what yeah. is it the ultimate or deluxe edition yeah the digital deluxe edition which comes with the only costume worth wearing the spider-punk outfit nice mm-hmm. i got it too though uh what that was i think it was the pre-order bonus you got that one too yeah so i don't see you wearing it yeah because i'm doing my thing i'm doing ben riley you're doing spider punk okay you're fucking nihilist oi oi thwip flipper (laughs) he is the nihilistic (laughs) spider punk sometimes known as the immortal spider punk (laughs) i've seen him do some death defying things honestly you've tried to wear other outfits in the game because i'm a big spider-man fan Mm -hmm. i I like all the uh, i don't want to spoil anything for fans out there but um there's some cool callbacks some of them are kind of lame i'm gonna mention that too some of the costumes are like, oh, okay. I feel like they're 50-50 so far. 50-50 so far. Yeah. But I tried wearing another costume and it doesn't feel right. I feel like my Spider-Man is Spider-Punk. Is that your other self? 
he's my other self and he's got some core tenants i would feel um he now this one's kind of a mind bender he hates crime but he also doesn't agree with all the laws okay so he kind of likes like chaotic neutral i think he just does not like to see you know the disenfranchised beset upon is one of his big things Mm -hmm. two he hates cops (laughs) (laughs) slc (laughs) spider-man three he he writes for a zine that's true he doesn't own a zine he writes for that's very punk. He writes for a zine i guess it would be more diy punk to to have your own well mostly it's him reviewing uh folk albums sometimes it's punk to like folk <laughs> <laughs> i hear he really loves bomb the music industry he really does yeah. he's he's great he's into that east coast shit he really is though i mean he's come on he's an east coaster through and through fugazi fan a huge Fugazi fan. Dope. Huge Fugazi fan. Dope, dope. So, for okay, sure. my thing with the DLC is, do you think it's too soon for them to be announcing it since the release of the game? Mm-mm. Like, do you feel like, okay, September 7th just happened. October? DLC already? Like, do you feel like that's too soon or sh- they should let it breathe a little bit? So it's half and half in that argument and it's whether or not you hate the fact that developers are making content specifically for extra add-on shit. Mm. Uh, rather than having it be a part of the complete whole. Like, God of War did the exact opposite. They said, like, there will not be DLC yeah. for this fucking game. And there felt like there was something carved out for it. Mm-hmm. So far for me with Spider-Man, it doesn't feel like there's anything carved out a la, like, Final Fantasy XV style. I feel like the game is there. Yes. And the DLC is very supplemental. It's like, going to be very Like, this Black Cat stuff, I don't feel like it's missing because they do something fun with her in the game anyway. Right. So Although it does kind of suck that they tease at the fact that, oh, yeah, we're not going to show Black Cat in the main game whatsoever. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she'll come back in the DLC, and it's like, oh, okay. That's kind of lame. But it's smarter than doing what uh, Guerrilla Games did with Horizon and, hmm. like what horizon zero dawn came out in february of 2017 hmm. was that when it came out and then it was probably a good six months to a year later that frozen wildlands came out we forgot about that game we forgot how to play it mm-hmm. we probably didn't there's like i think very minimal retention rate when you do it like that so it's true i didn't even than pick later. up that dlc not a lot of people it was, did it came out so long after the game i don't even think i had it installed and i hear it's really good and that's so, a shame so that's why I, i'm not too mad because it's like hey it's insomniac saying don't worry even though it's like a 20-hour, 30-hour campaign, mm-hmm. there's shit coming down the way to keep on having you swing through that city as the immortal Spider-Punk. Because that's the only Spider-Man you should be playing as. I'm going to go and change my character right after this. To the immortal Spider-Punk? Yeah. I'm going to quit for style, man. It's not very punk, but... All right. I got a number four in here for you, Daniel. You get ready for this one. I'm ready. My body's ready. I hope you're... Oh. My spider senses are taking uh, Okay, you hard body. <laughs> Can we talk about how we went to the gym real quick? <laughs> So usually before we do an episode, we brew a French press, go to Starbucks, double fist our coffees, do our routines. <laughs> a lot of get, fisting in our mornings. We get super vascular and we record. <laughs> this time we're like, all right, let's go to the gym before we record. And we did leg day today. We did leg day. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um. Well, I just felt like, hey, I do a lot of sitting. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I do a lot of gorging when I'm just laying on my, my fat tum playing the Spider-Man. And I'm just like, oh, dude. I'm getting at that exact age where, like, papes in my family are famous from going to, like, really handsome 20-year-olds to really round (laughs) 30-year-olds. It happens like that. Yeah, it happens, like, fucking overnight. And I started to see the trend where I was like, the rest of my body looks fine. And then I'm saying, like, oh, but this donut that's traveling around with me has a say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to give it less of a say. That's all. So hopefully running will help. Plus, it never hurts to be healthy. Oh. A little bit of it is it looking at uh, Spider-Man's hard body the entire time in this game. <laughs> you not. He just looks so good, dude. And I want to look that good in anything. If somebody was like, Kevin, you got to wear something skin tight today. I don't want to be like, 
oh god, this is my worst fear. <laughs> like, I want to be like, yeah, you're going to see these nips. <laughs> you put him in some of those suits, and granted, his ass is a little flat. I'm sorry, Pete. You got a little flat booty. I got a flat booty, too. But sometimes it pops in the right spandex. Usually when he's doing those uh, those the crawls. those leg sprawls, yeah, too, you know, where yeah. he's got like one leg toward his body, one reaching to, one reach into the heavens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. This has actually became a podcast talking about Spider-Man's body. Yeah. What would we call it? <laughs> We're going to move on to talking about Superman's body real quick. Number four. Number four. <laughs> Fans assumed it would take a Superman to bring Geralt of Rivia to life, but... Well, fuck, you, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Henry Cavill has been casted as the titular Witcher in Netflix's eight-episode adaptation of, get ready for this, The Witcher. <laughs> While it may only be exciting news to capital G gamers because of CD Projekt Red's famed RPG trilogy, The Witcher Saga began as a series of fantasy novels written by, oh, here we go, Andrzej Sapkowski. I stress this point because despite the Witcher's success, Sapowski was apparently really fucked over when it came to royalties. Credit is uh, credit where credit's due, <laughs> essentially, on that one. Cavill, best known for being upstaged by Kevin Costner and owning a rocking bod, expressed interest in playing the character earlier this year. Turns out, with an affinity for gaming and general geekdom, Cavill may be one of the sexiest nerds in Hollywood. Lauren S. Hisrich. The adaptation showrunner and lead writer took to Twitter to comment on the casting, stating, quote, He was my first meeting. I didn't have writers or scripts yet, just a green light and a lot of passion. That was four months ago, and I've never forgotten the passion he brought. He is Geralt. <laughs> That's insane. He always has been. I'm so... Since <laughs> <laughs> the dawn of That's the a big era, Henry Cavill has been Geralt. What? <laughs> Who came first, Henry Cavill or Geralt? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to welcome Henry Cavill to the hashtag Witcher fan. <laughs> That's sensational. Okay, so first of all, dude, yeah. I'm not mad about this casting whatsoever. I'm actually not either. I know some people are like, ooh, he's kind of bland in a lot of his roles. Yeah. We both have reached a consensus that it's really the writing for the new DC films that is bad. Because he was good in the... Or bland, I should say. <laughs> He was good in the first Superman movie. I love Man of Steel. Yeah. I really love it. I especially love that scene where he's a shirtless, voyaging fisherman with a gigantic beard. Do you remember that? Where he's running through some that. backyards? God damn, dude. That beard slays. <sighs> dude, I'm not yeah, I'm not gay or anything, but I would totally suck that man's dick if I didn't think it would chip a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He's probably chiseled like fucking... Michelangelo's David. I'm just saying, there's, there's a high risk on that body, dude. Oof. He, he looks harmful. I'm going to say this right now, and we already talked about this. If they skimp yeah. on the hot tub scenes, don't give this fucking series an M rating. I want to see this dude naked. I want to see him fucking. Actually, I'm pretty sure they weren't allowed to give it the green light without at least some <laughs> sketches of, like, we plan to put Henry Cavill. Like, they just went to his home and was, like, lay in a bathtub. <laughs> That's where they did the audition. <laughs> That's why she was so Somebody enthralled. put a white wig on him, and it was just like, he is Geralt. <laughs> It sounds like it's fucking destiny. <laughs> oh, okay, I do want to mention it is based on the actual yes. novels. People are apparently getting mad at some of the casting, like some of the casting calls leaked, and one of the changes is Siri or Cirilla is a big character, especially in The Witcher Three and throughout the Witcher series. Uh -huh. His kind of surrogate daughter character who exhibits some of the powers that Witchers have, or whatever. I think she's, she's got like, the white hair too, right? Yeah, she has a white hair cool. too. I think a mage or something is her father, whatever. Okay. Um. 
they want to cast a younger kind of like 15-ish uh, African-American woman or a mm-hmm. British African-American actually. And people are getting fucking mad about that. And it's just like, shut up. They're like, the, but there's already a set interpretation of this in fans' mind. And like they keep on lo- using imagery from the video games. And I was like, that's where you fucked up. Yeah. This is a this is a bigger cr- creative ecosystem than just the games, my dog. That's true. But I would say it's probably the most substantial or mainstream part of the Witcher series. Okay. Specifically three. I would say two and three. Mm-hmm. Two has like very ardent fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people are still playing it right now. Still playing things. <laughs> still playing. <laughs> like people are hitting the Chalice Dungeons like they're hitting fucking Witcher 2 right now. But right. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think more video game adaptations deserve the Netflix treatment as seen by Castlevania season one. Mm-hmm. So stoked for season two. I think that's in October. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a perfect way to do it. Serialized video game storytelling. Right. It's cool. But this is not based on a video game. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad about it. I think it's going to be cool. And I think Henry Just Cavill, the fact that you said that tells me how stuck the Witcher game series in people's minds when it comes to the Witcher. I mean, you think of other series, you think of like, I don't know, Mass Effect even. Like the mm-hmm. novels are so supplemental. Right. That's not really canon in the way that the games are. Yeah, but the Witcher novels came first. Yeah. I would be... I you would, gotta respect them. I think I would almost... I don't know how I would feel about that. What if you created a thing, yeah. like a novel or something, and somebody made some other piece of media about it, like a comic book that really took off, mm-hmm. and that's what people remember, and that's what people gravitate to, and you're just like, hi, yeah, I'm the creator of The Witcher, and they're like, I love those games! <laughs> <laughs> he must hate himself, my dog. I feel like that's how um, some comic book artists must feel in the face of other video medias. Oh, yeah, when like, like movies. movies are made off of their shit? Yeah. Yeah. But, must be exactly that where it's just like yeah i, I haven't actually did not give him the mohawk like they did in the movie um <laughs> you know like having the field questions like that look i'm sure when they started adapting um god what is his name who did watchmen um, oh 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 uh, alan, moore. alan moore when they started adapting his shit he probably fucking died and split into seven little horcruxes <laughs> across the universe because he's like this can't be happening <laughs> that's actually very on brand for alan moore <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm excited for this fucking series. I am too. Number five. <laughs> I got number five on here, and this goes back to a game that I mentioned uh, fucking three hours ago when we started recording this. It actually hasn't been that long. Shh. I love you. THQ Nordic, funded only by what I can assume is a group of nerdy shadow investors, has bought up the rights to another dead franchise. <laughs> Jesus. This time, it's the action RPG franchise that almost was Kingdoms of Amalur. Amalar. <laughs> I still don't know. This is the first I'm hearing of it. This is going to be quite the education for okay. you. Walk with me. The franchise was originally conceived by 38 Studios, <laughs> a developer owned by former... No, I, it's called 38 Okay, Studios. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, it took that many people to make a failed game? <laughs> Jesus. No wonder. That's why the industry is hard, Doug. <laughs> a developer owned by former Major League Baseball star pitcher Kurt Schilling... Oh, I just can't believe I wrote that sentence. Despite having 10,000 years of lore contributed by fantasy author R.A. Salvatore and art direction from Todd McFarlane, Toys McFarlane, the only game produced under the IP's banner was 2012's Kingdoms of Amalar Reckoning, which would go on to become a beloved financial flop. 
An MMORPG set in the Amalar universe was also in development, but some slight monetary concerns, uh, specifically 38 Studios' bankruptcy, halted production. Turns out the studio was on the hook for a $75 million loan granted by the state of Rhode Island in order to create new jobs. The minute 38 Studios began defaulting on payments was the moment Amalar fell into remission. THQ Nordic has not announced what it plans to do with the IP as of yet. I love this story for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I know. This is such a crazy behind-the-scenes, people of interest, First of legality all, story. There is a fucking game studio in the world funded by a state. By yeah. the state of Rhode Island was like, yo, dog, they want to make this some this fantasy nerd shit. We're into it. Bring jobs to our state. Okay. This isn't the Witcher 3 situation a la Cyberpunk, where they started giving uh, country funding to the game because it was such a national icon. This is the kingdom of Amular. <laughs> like, <laughs> an untested kingdom. Thank you very much. <laughs> Unproven. Its metal had not been weighted. Rhode Island? Rhode Island. Oh my god. No, no, no. I mean, Amalar. <laughs> <laughs> Rhode Island ha- is time proven. <laughs> so I read into this a little bit. They started defaulting on payments that they couldn't pay back. I think they tried to sue the studio, but it was found that there was no real kind of like wrongdoing, probably a lot of negligence. And it sounds like Kurt uh, Schilling himself had to settle out of court a bunch. Mm-hmm. And he even admitted that his own personal fortune, like at least 15 million, uh, 50, 50 million was blown on this game alone. And he was like, there's no better way to say this. It, it happened. It was essentially his shit. Hmm. It, was, it was like him doing the those those after conferences after a game where he's just like, you know, next time we got to get in there and give it 110%. Today we were at 103 and it showed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. I lost $75 million for the state of Rhode Island. The taxpayers are suffering right now. But, uh, you know, there will always be a new day and a new development studio. Who knows? The next fan- fantasy game might hit it. <laughs> So here's the other part that I love about this, Daniel. We got the fucking the, this um, bargain bargain bin scourer, 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 scourer. <laughs> THQ Nordic. THQ Nordic also bought up Time Splitters. Mm-hmm. They bought up fucking um, like just this week, right? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It was it was uh, earlier in the year. Oh, it was a while. They ago. bought up Time okay. Splitters. We don't know what they're gonna do with it either. Uh, they bought up uh, what was that one? Red Faction, mm-hmm. because THQ had that to begin with. Yeah. And I don't know what they want to do with these things, you know? And it's like it's like these kind of... I, there's no better word for this. Middleware. Kind of averagely performing games. Some of them flopped. Some of them had good reviews and flopped. Some of them were the other way. Did decently. Weren't that great. THQ has become the goddamn white knight of, of the, of the fucking bargain, the bargain bin. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I don't even... I don't know what they're going to do. And I say this because, is it really about like, oh, we're going to try to resuscitate these franchises and make them go toe-to-toe with AAA in the industry? Or is it, we know our place, we're going to make sevens. <laughs> we are the seventh studio, we're dependable, we're a warhorse. Or is this some sort of really complicated tax write-off scheme that we're not like seeing? <laughs> where it's just like, the more dead IPs that they can get for fire sale prices are, is just going to look better and better. Yeah, like, more games per year. capita the state of Rhode Island. Right, there's like... The, the, we need a game happening per square yard. <laughs> <laughs> there's fucking THQ investors out there living in like Bermuda or some shit. Yeah. And they're just like, what is this? Bubsy, huh? Let's bring it <laughs> back. Sell it. Buck Bumble? Gex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring me Gex. Bring I like that one. That one made me laugh. 
Just made that paycheck one zero fatter. <laughs> so it's probably column B. Uh, okay. And column C, because I think that is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just buying up these IPs at a fire sale, and they could probably turn them. <laughs> That's got to be it. Yeah. So I got to play Darksiders 3, which is another um, THQ remodel this home video game. I feel like we first talked about this game like a year and a half ago. I yeah. haven't really thought about it too much since. Whew, it was one of the only games where you could just walk the fuck up to like the demo station. Oh, like the Quiet Man. Yeah, exactly. There was <laughs> nobody monitoring it. There but not was nearly no as profound. I, like, and then you could see gamers walk up and kind of like look around and like wait for either a guardian or a dev to yell at them to not do what they're doing because <laughs> that's what PAX is like. Okay, it's like if you stand for like five seconds too long, somebody walk up. This is not a standing place. <laughs> Move on. You have to be moving. It's like a yeah. fucking airport. Like, is this SeaTac or is this PAX? It seriously is. It sucks so much. I'm sorry, but that's. It's like literally what makes that experience suck is people. <laughs> yeah. People make that experience suck. So I walked up, I played it, and I really wasn't wild, my dog. Mm-hmm. I looked at a game that was like, you have reached 6, 6.5 <laughs> wow. if you released it as is. It actually felt really unfinished, which, you know, apropos to a demo, yeah. but I thought that game was around the corner. Like, next year. Yeah, I would have thought it was early 2019. Right. I thought there would be a little more to what was going on with it. And I was like, um... Good luck to you, THQ. Damn. <laughs> That's all I got for you. They're probably going to liquidate the assets of that game into Time Splitters. <laughs> That's going to be a whole other Sega gearbox situation <laughs> we're gonna live in a future like in 2033 when fucking some sort of weird merger thq icelandic atari buys up darksiders again <laughs> <laughs> only gets the rights to part three makes turns a 6.5 game into a 7.5 <laughs> writes a check and calls it a fucking game. <laughs> makes a franchise out of it <laughs> God damn, the darksiders 3 franchise we don't even know why we continue to call it darksiders 3 <laughs> every single one which one's dark cider is it about the apocalypse i don't know anything about those games i got i got nothing for you (laughs) well that was the news that's what i had for you that's what stood out to me buddy i like it those are just the the facts with kevin that's just what's going on i like that do you want to do some quick impressions of the spider-man i really do kevin i'm okay i'm dying to talk about this give it to me first dog I, now, super high level, this is going to be no spoilers, yeah. we're not going to get into any story content, we're not even going to get into like, super, super details about stuff. I want overview from you, my dog, because mm-hmm. we are going to do a separate episode that is just the Spider-Man. I do want to do just slight impressions, the way I'm taken to it immediately. Then we can talk about like core g- gameplay and things we do like about it, the open world a little bit, Love all it. that sort of stuff. Love it. Um, as a video game lover and a lover of Spider-Man and a lover of AAA PlayStation 4 games, this game is an absolute joy and I'm smiling every time I'm playing it. <laughs> like, I'm delighted <laughs> by what Insomniac Games has done. I'm going to give you... I don't even need to detail anything specific. I lose time playing this game. I look... I start the game at 2 o'clock, and then suddenly it's 4 o'clock two minutes later. It doesn't make any sense. I'm having so much fun with this game. I'm losing track of time, my dog. Did I age in ye- Did I age a year? You're actually looking younger. I'm looking young. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Has Octavius been experimenting on you? <laughs> it's, it's a that, spoiler, dog. Fuck. It's that thing, though, where this game is just really fun, and you do burn away a whole day playing it, and I feel like... Uh, uh, tr- Recent AAA games have done that to me, but I've been able to step away. This game, I can't step away. It calls no. to me. I feel myself tingling for it. No spider matter tingling? Where I, yeah, I'm spider tingling all over the place, man. I'm getting sad because I know, even though I just picked it up, mm-hmm. I am approaching the end of it. 
yeah. and I want more of it even before I'm done with it. I kind of get that feeling while, while eating cheesecake. That's exactly <laughs> it. Where when I get to the crust, I'm like, oh, I wish I wasn't here already. <laughs> but what if it's I like, feel. I, feel like, I feel like Marvel Spider-Man <laughs> from PS4. <laughs> It's like a four-course cheesecake meal where you have different varieties and flavors, and you get to savor them all, and it's really mm-hmm. good and delicious. And then you're just full at the end. It's very akin to uh, Horizon's approach to open world. Okay. It takes a lot of these components that work for other games, especially like Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed or mm-hmm. Far Cry or maybe even a little bit of GTA, just random hodgepodge of like what works and distills and refines and tries to perfect it enough where everything feels seamless feels good feels thought out it feels like every inch of this new york has been touched mm. by designers that love what they're doing people that love new york too that love new york it has and it, such a personal touch to it everywhere it's such a big push for me for open worlds and i, I think it's kind of nuanced but really does feel so breathable very living mm-hmm. that new york is a character unto itself a character very much in response to spider-man and it feels like it reacts to him sometimes you know when you just dive down to a little event like a car chase or something mm-hmm. sometimes the cops will say some shit and just be like thanks man like you really helped us out there and you're just like the game reacted to a thing that it didn't need to mm-hmm. like i was just trying to score some experience but like i literally have a citizen thanking me yeah <laughs> you feel good or reacting to something i did earlier that day or the night before mm-hmm. um i feel like and i said this to you earlier that this game almost excels in ways that ubisoft games don't um it has a very awesome open world that feels more personal to us because we've had all this time in history with spider-man mm-hmm. and this feels like that ultimate amalgamation of everything fans love about the franchise. They just get it right. And the open world, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's fun to traverse. It distills every game that came before it into this really great experience. Yeah, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Yeah. It It's so naturalistic, the web slinging. They got it yeah. pitch fucking perfect. It feels second nature. And that's honestly the, the best compliment that you can ever give mm-hmm. a developer that a component or mechanic in their game is second nature. They throw you right into it, too. Like, this game wastes no time. I feel oh, that like intro. It's very <laughs> similar to how... Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. how Spider-Man Homecoming opens, where it's like, you have a moment where it's like, okay, there's some Pete Parter happening here, but then Spider-Man, you're right into right. it. You're fucking jumping, you're swinging around New York, and it feels instinctual from the get-go. Right. And, and super not- kinetic, super, like, just there's an energy to it. And it gets faster the more you upgrade them. Right. There's, there's a humor to this universe as yeah. well that feels so in tune to, like, the overall Spider-Man that people have in their heads. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's hard, man, because there's different, like, you know, little aspects of Spider-Man that go off in their own trenches, whether it's, like, Amazing Spider-Man or that brand new day bullshit that yeah. they did a while back where they killed him and resurrected him, <laughs> or even Ultimate Spider-Man. This one feels like, all right, what's the one that's going to appeal to everyone i hit your ps4 for the second time during this podcast you're just I'm fucking so jacked off by your you're gonna have PS4 to upgrade pro. to the pro <laughs> <laughs> okay buy me a red boy <laughs> buy you a red boy yeah i i love it dude like that's the overall for me man i love it i i want to get into some super details especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the story but again that is our step we're gonna podcast. save that for a spoiler cast for sure we want to do some fun stuff with it kind of like we did for our marvel avengers infinity war mm-hmm. one where we talk like random bio and trivia maybe the best like spider-man games or right our favorite standout moments yeah we actually video. wanted to give like kind of a top five of <laughs> yeah. the spider-man games that came out before it just like a quick little so, aside so that'll be a fun one for me you played all the ones on like the ps3 and a bunch of the ones on the xbox i played a PS2. lot of spider folk games the last one yeah. that i bought and played was never soft one for the n64 like a long long time ago dude that is such a like 20 years ago so that's a raging gulf i know of I've, games you missed out i've on. seen shattered dimension be played edge of time um 
whatever the other ones those were. are kind of the standouts yeah. in my mind too yeah. shattered dimensions especially and um to a degree edge of time but people are weird but we don't have to get into it right but i now. feel like this game for sure learned from all of its impressions of spider-man mm-hmm. across video games mm-hmm. and it made this experience that like it feels great to have in your hands they got the web slinging down um the combat's good the um, combat's a little the- tricky to me yeah. for one specific reason is i i have played no less than four arkham batman games including mm-hmm. origins yeah and I that combat has become instinctual to me. So I was literally what, your pressing, triangle to dodge is the one that I was it. trying to counter with dodge yeah. every single time and getting Spider Man fucking throat slapped <laughs> like every time. You know what he does instead? What, what triangle? He does a fucking warp strike. I I know <laughs> it's so dope. Which first of all, that's only instinctual because of Final Fantasy fifteen. But <laughs> Not hey, this is warp strike. That is one of the most notable tenets yeah. of Final Fantasy fifteen. It's true. That's actually one of the better parts of the combat. Yeah. Uh, I like how they implemented here. I actually like the way that they kind of took marvel versus capcom's uh air juggles or yeah. i guess you could say dmc but there's some air juggling in the game you can keep up there for a while yeah people down and grabbing items from the ground to smack over their head they give you like different enemy varieties and they give you a tutorial for each like okay this one you have to kind of uppercut in the air and juggle for a little bit like the heavier tanks or this one you have to slide under and then do a back attack or mm-hmm. just hit with a weapon it's like different enemies respond to different approaches and then as you get your gadget upgrades and other combat tenets you can fuck with it a little more and you don't have to worry about being so precise and that's the best tip if you're getting your ass handed to you kind of lean on those gadgets because like i'm i'm kind of a guy that wants to go in there raw well i'm always a guy that wants to go in raw but to have that protection of just being like hey you know what take a fucking web bomb and web up like three dudes against like the side of a bus so i don't have to worry about them I kind of dig it. I forgot that I had them for a little yeah. while, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, they, I keep building this R1, like, gadget wheel, and I look at it every once in a while, and I'm like, okay. But then I started fucking with it, I think, more recently today and last night, and it, like, yeah. it makes the combat so much more involved, because mm-hmm. there's so much happening, I feel like. It, the game does throw a lot at you, and it really does. Field, and expects you to get good immediately, like... Uh, the first walk-up area, Fist Towers, I got my ass punished. <laughs> yeah, I was dying a lot, and I was yeah. like, man, I don't feel like the Spider-Man right now, but yeah. it really is. It's like, hey, you have to, like, if you especially come from those Arkham games, mm-hmm. just turn that side of your brain off. Spider-Man is its own thing that is influenced by those titles, and graciously so, yeah. especially down to the little details about, like, spider lore with items and stuff. Yeah. That's such an Arkham thing. I love that they did it here. Um, There's some parallels we'll talk about. But it's combat's definitely its own thing that you need to get used to, but when you do, it becomes really precise and also very just just filled with variety i I was streaming it the other day Mm -hmm. and somebody was just like yo those combos though and i was like yeah i kind of just did like web a guy up to a fucking pole shoot like take this guy's gun out of his hand and smack him with it you could do that the combat is very fast and fluid (laughs) and you can get away with just like square to hit most of your enemies and throw an item at them but you can do that side juggle and web somebody and throw off a bomb and have your spider gadgets going like it's you can get super granular with it um i also really like the stealth i feel like it doesn't overplay it if you want to use it you can Mm -hmm. uh the takedowns are really cool and like the little stealth webbing attacks it's like cool i don't want to throw this guy off a building or murder him with my fist i'm just gonna keep him here for later you do throw a lot of people off buildings spider-man's mention that J. Jonah although, jameson is right spider-man although, is a murderer <laughs> i watched you know when he does throw them there's a little detail that you may miss hmm. he shoots a web at them and then you keep on fighting when you actually watch their bodies fall that web attaches them to a building so they never hit the ground does it really he is such a good boy i've never actually noticed that yep yep wow such a good detail in insomnia game. games i gotta hand it to you that's <laughs> what we want out of games we want that we want good dogs and we want great spider-man games so 
Now, I'm having kind of, um, they actually call this uh, in video games, mm-hmm. ludonarrative dissonance. Okay. Because I'm the spider punk. And the spider punk, if you don't know, just don't give a fuck. I've been having a hard time. So in the open world, lets me be the kind of spider punk I want to be. Yeah. I don't really listen to people. I don't like cops. Uh, <laughs> I throw webs into people's mouths and nostrils because fuck them. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of things to inconvenience people. Like I knock off a lot of people off buildings. That's what spider punk does. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't catch him till the very end. But then you got the story going on and then it's regular old Pete being a good guy. But my cutscenes are filled with this fucking punk ass <laughs> denim vest wearing he's got a Spider-Man. fucking mohawk and he's got fucking. <laughs> well, he's got like the spike studs coming out of his uh, mask, which is just. You are a sight. <laughs> Your screenshots have been awesome. I love. Yeah. I do love love the inclusion of the the photo mode at the start here because i'm seeing these moments that are just wild and very unique to you (laughs) like i'm playing in such a different way with my spider punk and i'm sure people are having other like so okay i want to i don't want to spoil too much but there is a costume that has a um you know, the spider symbol is glowing green mm-hmm. and it has this eerie neon glow in like snapshots. You go to a Halloween party at one point, I uh-huh. put it on and it was so cool, man. Interesting. <laughs> I took a bunch of photos in there. Okay. Dude, dog, I have almost filled up my one terabyte PlayStation Pro uh, <laughs> just, just snapshots Spider-Man of Spider-Man <laughs> just fucking walking around. <laughs> you got to upload them to the uh, PlayStation 4 share of the week. But I'm going to keep with, with the immortal spider punk because... Um, it's your brand. He's my brand. He fits what I'm trying to do. And also he gets a chance to be kind of an, uh, an environmental activist. Mm-hmm. You get these little side quests where you help out Harry. Sorry, whatever. He's not yeah. actually in the game. But <laughs> you help him out and you have to do shit like, I don't know, fix uh, irrigation valves or uh, kind of test the pollution and find makes and models of cars mm-hmm. that are not meeting like the actual like uh, federal regulated like emission standards. Okay. Yeah. That's what Spider-Punk is about. <laughs> I love that I get to be like, yeah, that's what Spider-Punk would do. And he doesn't got a, a paying job. I'm beginning to think you are Spider-Punk. <laughs> I am Spider-Punk, dude. Nice. Yo, uh, somebody bought me a Spider-Punk pin. Oh, really? Yeah. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, Chelsea. <laughs> what, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's also, they're coming out with uh, one of those um, big-headed figurines of Spider-Punk. Not Funko, but it's like a cool-looking one. Okay. I'm totally buying it. I have to buy it, dude. That is super, super dope. There you go. Cool. Give me some other impressions. I think I don't want to get too heavy into it. No, um, I... I want to talk about the open world a little yeah, bit more. I love how they fill it. It is kind of Arkham reminiscent, kind of like Ubisoft, uh, Watch Dogs, Far Cry reminiscent, but it kind of just does it a little sharper and better for me. And because of how fast you traverse the world, it's like, it doesn't feel like a chore getting from one point to another. No, not at so all. So finding the collectibles, um, well, you find things called like backpacks and they tie little mementos to Pete's life and his eight years of Spider-Man and kind of fleshes out like the history of the game before it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shit's really dope. There's like faction wars and little mini side quests you get to do here and there and it just it kind of creates this constant with the narrative where it's like okay if i don't want to rush to the narrative i want to just be spider-man a bit there's so much to do like Mm -hmm. i can take a picture of a landmark i can just climb this building and see what there is for me i'm gonna catch pigeons for what's his name uh Uh, uh, jacob who knows what his name is the guy on the roof yeah uh, he's essentially uh, 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 Lawrence Fishburne's character from John Wick 2. Yep. <laughs> You're going to get some pigeons for him. There's so much to do in this living, breathing world, and I love it because, for me, I've been having really bad like open-world fatigue. Mm. But this is a very mm. fast-paced, uh, exhilarating world to be in. It really is, um, and there's a lot of variety to what you do. Some of the, mi- some of the side quests and stuff could get repetitive, but... Yeah. The combat and the traversal is such a goddamn joy, and the stealth segments aren't that bad. No, they're not I know that some bad. people are like, oh, they're pretty simple, and I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, 
they have to be simple to make you feel like spider-man mm-hmm. you don't want to feel like oh fuck spider-man's caught he got shot in the face again like no yeah. it's, it's like hey he's webbing up fools because he's a spider-man it's true <laughs> uh it, all of that content such a joy because the gameplay is so sound yes that's why it's like even if it's repetitive it's like you know what i love catching cars i'm gonna say god of war was uncontested my game of the year but this one on a just a gameplay level Mm -hmm. just shines for me because it's like i don't know like i play games because i like their stories obviously and the music and the world transports me to but the better a game handles the more time i'm gonna want to spend with it and that's no diss on sony santa monica's god of war because that game is a resounding success Mm -hmm. and i love it but having that more freeform maneuverability and being able to just be this gymnast, the spider gymnast <laughs> and make that world your playground. It's just so fucking rewarding and little nuances to the swinging too, where it's like one second I'm swinging between buildings, doing my thing, wall running, parkour, and then I'm doing these like funnel dives, like yeah. through, like um, fire escapes. They, <laughs> it's super dope. They have done such an excellent job. Yeah. And I do mean insomniac at never having a pause to traversal where you never get like caught on the side of a building yeah. or, or stuck in a fire escape or some shit like that in older games they that like was their fucking sole mission to make sure that nothing in the environment stopped you from going forward and they have done it i think maybe initially it's hard to get going with him like mm. but you know <clears throat> you do this thing where you hold r2 much like the assassin's creed games you get a kind of good gallop to running, do a little parkour and you can running. actually parkour or like vertically up a, a building and then turn it into a swing it's all like momentum and physics mm-hmm. based it's kind of crazy no actually that's what <laughs> fucks me up you have to actively jump when you're on ground level yeah. and then r2 to start that to too, a swing. Yeah. yeah i remember that that being a problem where i was like okay go i'm hitting the swing and he keeps on running in the cabs mm-hmm. <laughs> i do like though because you have three different um skill type trees and one of them is kind of baked into your web slinging Mm -hmm. and your traversal and as you unlock more components that the easier it becomes to lift off and kind of uh dashed from point to point because you get this one uh ability where it's like you hold like r1 and l1 and you like basically just zip to an area yeah 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 that's actually one of the most important ones to use but we're getting too granular dog okay we got to save that shit for our episode. Real quick, I am about probably a third through the story, I think. Um, one third? Uh, yeah. I, th- I finished Act 1. I'm kind of somewhere oh, in Act okay. 2 right now. Gotcha, um, gotcha, So, gotcha. in that second, third. Um, <clears throat> I, I like it. I like the way they're kind of introducing, like, insularly characters on the fly, whether it's through those kind of side quests or the story beats or elsewhere. Um, and I like that you kind of get to, um, spoilers, get to play as other characters, too. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I like what they're doing with the, especially how they kind of revisit or reconfigure some of these characterizations for this universe. They're yeah. still, they still feel like those characters, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a more, I can't even say it's like a more of a modern take. We've seen a modern Spider-Man before. It's yeah. just something that's very, um, it's Insomniac's on point vision for this where it's like hey this spider-man's not a fresh face like you know the uh tom holland films Mm -hmm. this guy's been at this job for a while and his world reacts in that certain way they have a shared history i love his conversations with mary jane where they kind of call back these events that are kind of familiar to comic fans Mm -hmm. but are just there to serve the fact that they've been through it for years you know they have this shared history and you feel it i love that a game that spends a lot of its time focusing on a dude that punches people off of rooftops Mm -hmm. has the ability to have these emotional pulls here left and right it tells some really interesting contextual lore like with the backpacks you basically get these little trinkets and some of that will play into his history with mary jane Mm -hmm. like uh what a damaged costume recall the memory of this time like she saved him from something and it was like that's just a nice little touch and there's there's a particularly good moment where a character comments that he always liked them together 
Um, <laughs> I, I love it. It's 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 just a really heartfelt memento for Spider-Man fans and and that universe and the fact that there are even um, other universes overlapping, like the MCU kind of, mm. uh, with you, you come across like the Sanctum Semporum and Avengers Tower and all these little places, and it's just like, yeah, it's a lived-in, very well-realized comic book world. Right, right. Um, another note: we didn't talk about the shit. Uh, the constant radio cast from J. Jonah Jameson. They, the way that he they did him is so perfect, dude. The, to, to fucking reimagine him as a like modern Bill O'Reilly assholy motherfucker podcaster that or like an Alex Jones type just yeah. shouting into the void his nonsense. His anti-Spider-Man rhetoric is the funniest shit. I mean, it gets a little annoying because it's pretty constant, but yeah. you can turn it off in the menu, I found out. They nail it. But they nail it. That's yeah. d- dude, you, you fucking encapsulated exactly what Jay Jonah would be today. <laughs> I love it. So fucking I good. I love it so much. And he reacts to everything that Spider Man does. Like, okay, you'll have a fight with a certain character and then he'll yeah. comment on it or have a character uh host on the show with him and they'll talk about things that happen in the world. And it's like Oh god, it's such a good ground for him to be him and tell stories. <laughs> it is without a doubt, and you don't need our review cast to hear this one. It is without a doubt the best Spider-Man game that has ever been pressed to a disc or cartridge. Bar and none. it is even if it wasn't if you didn't have years and years of Spider-Man games to compare it to, it is still by itself a phenomenal phenomenal open world game and one of the best superhero games I've ever fucking touched. Yeah, I don't. I can't even really think about what other contenders there are other than the Arkham games. I feel like that that is the the standard bar and mold for how good your closed circuited open world or well X Men Arcade, X Men Arcade too, obviously. <laughs> um, but you know what your bar should be for current uh, superhero games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see them move forward with it because no doubt it got greenlit for a sequel. I don't know where the story ends, but I know they're smart enough to keep the money going with it. They're doing installed DLC packs. They want to fund their next endeavor. So yeah. I, I'm excited to see maybe another iteration or two of this and then maybe have it branch off into other parts of the MCU. I would be shocked if somebody in Somniac didn't get a phone call from Sony this mm-hmm. very weekend saying, all right, guys, part two is definitely happening. Yeah. I want it. The, I, I got to wonder what the day one numbers are for it so far. Um, hopefully by the time we do our review cast, we'll have like the up to yeah. numbers. I want to know the metrics there. But no, it's it's a good success. Um, you should go buy it if you haven't. It's well worth mm-hmm. the 60 bucks. I've honestly, I feel like I haven't burned through a game in a weekend like this in a really long time. Maybe since Monster Hunter World, because you and I did that really hard together. But I feel like God of War... do a lot War, of things really hard together, brother. Mm, but God of War, I kind of put down here and there. I didn't hit it with the same moment. I mean, fuck. No. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, but that's that's all I want to say without getting too, too deep into this spider hole. I, I, I want to save that boy's hole. I do completely agree. <laughs> you got to pay the, tr- the troll toll. <laughs> I'm going to web up that hole real quick. <laughs> web up that I'm hole. I'm making spider hands at you. <laughs> oh, man. You want to do a little housekeeping before we outro? housekeeping thank you guys as always for listening uh we are nearing a hundred followers on twitter whoa that's really nine that is really dope um hopefully by that point we'll wisen up and do a giveaway or something but we appreciate the traction and you guys kind of like hanging out with our spider wit and all the stuff we've been getting into lately Mm -hmm. uh it's it's fun entertaining for you and we Mm -hmm. we love interacting with you guys on there as you guys know as of recently too you can find us across different ipod and us what 
podcast You can find services. us on one iPod. You can find me on It's my actually iPod. in the Green River in Washington. <laughs> you got to find it. It's covered in mud. <laughs> but you can find us on podcast services almost everywhere. iTunes, Apple Play, Google Play. Stitcher. Stitcher, uh, RSV everywhere. And of course, our home, SoundCloud. Our beautiful home at yeah. SoundCloud.com. That's where you get the, the Save Room Show. That's where you get the cool episode images and descriptions and all that fun shit. He thinks they're cool, but yeah. yeah. And you can leave us a comment there. Leave us a good comment. Leave us um, a big old heart while you're at it. What other housekeeping do we want to I do? I will make a point, though, especially for Google and iTunes. I We're going to have to do it from now on. Mm-hmm. Please, 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 please leave a review and a rating. It would really help us, mm-hmm. and we would appreciate it so goddamn much to get more. Like, if you dig it, tell a friend, or maybe even shoot a link and be like, hey, these assholes talk about their dicks in Spider-Man for an hour and a half. Check it out. <laughs> uh, we would really, really appreciate it. We we actually love engaging with you guys, mm. especially who come by on the Twitter sometimes to to drop a, a gif, if you will. That's the fun. gift of a gif. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh, me and Daniel have some streaming endeavors. Uh, you can find Daniel at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. He got it. I got it in yeah. one! And you can find me at twitch.tv slash the red herb i am affiliated if you want to leave me a, a sub i guess you can do that mm-hmm. it, you're you you don't have to be inclined to do so it's fine <laughs> like i don't i just i just like you showing up it's that's a cool all. little new thing that's happening with you too. it's a new you're thing like, yeah. it's a new thing i'm still trying to navigate that space and figure out if there's anything more that i need to do to it um like be naked on stream maybe people like that eat people more. like that i don't think there's uh, a rule against that maybe shirtless eat, spider-man okay so eat more naked while wearing a spider-man mask yes. got it Yep. A little ASMR we could throw in there. And we really got ourselves, uh, we can crowdfund this shit. <laughs> it's what the people want. It's what the roommates want. They've been asking for it. Where? I don't know. I guess on Stitcher. Oh, God. <laughs> well, if you want to tweet some annoying shit at us, you could also hit us up at Safe Room Show. That's it. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, next week, who knows what we'll do. Maybe we can do a review cast on Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I imagine we're going to burn through this game at least by a week out from release. I think we'll both have platinumed it. You're yeah. going to devour it probably within the next day or so. Probably. Uh, you're punishing that game. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way you just astutely said that. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree. Spider-Punk don't give a fuck. Spider-Punk don't give a fuck. Except about animals. He gives a fuck about animals. That's one of his tenants. Isn't he the hateful boyfriend? <laughs> he, loves, he loves the birds. Yeah. Little bird lover. <laughs> saw me carrying a bird in yeah. that picture. I love the photo mode so much. <laughs> Thank you, Insomniac, literally for just that. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much. But thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs>